Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeardelivery.ca. Yes, Mr. Gates. Yes, of course. Certainly, I will. I'll be sure to bring that up today. Yes, yes. Okay, yes. I understand. I have to, I have to go. We, 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 we've hit record. Um, Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the internet's only Bill Gates-approved podcast. <laughs> I am your host, Joel Gasson, with John Fraser, as always. And yes, uh, today I went and was eligible to get the deed done. I am now in control of one, Mr. Bill Gates. Uh, I can feel my DNA changing. I uh, I went and and I got the vaccine today, so that was that was a tremendous day. Uh, both me and my wife Jenny were uh, both eligible today, thanks to uh, two years going at going at once. And uh, so we took the afternoon, did that, went through Jenna's drive-through, and uh, now we're good for a while, just uh, waiting for it to build up, waiting to see if any sort of little side effects kick in, and uh, kind of go from there and wait for our next shot. You know, you know, I have to say, Joel, all jokes aside, like we we're going to start obviously off the top with lots of Bill J- Gates and uh, 5G references. Mm-hmm. But I legitimately think the 5G is working because this is the clearest connection we've had on this pod in a long time, I'd say. It's quite possible. I mean, it couldn't be the hard line that we had installed in this office a number of weeks no, ago. De- no, definitely not. And it, it couldn't be me repositioning to a different part of the basement that is more closely, you know, in correlation to my router. Has nothing to do with that either. It is definitely you got 5G, you are microchipped, your DNA is changing. Next thing you know, you're gonna have a second dong. <laughs> is that, that's a new one? I hadn't heard that one before. I'm, I'm, I, I don't I'm know. second guessing I'm my sure choice now. <laughs> no, I'm like I am a mixture of like ecstatic for you and like the pictures that you and especially Jenny posted. Just like the joy and the happiness in your faces. But being 34, there's also a part of me that's like, fuck you, when's it my turn? <laughs> well, I imagine it's coming pretty soon because I know there's been um, drive through issues up in Saskatoon for whatever reason. Uh, but the one down here today, like we op- it opened up to 35 plus today, obviously in Saskatchewan. And right. the drive through topped out at max at 10 a.m. at a two to three hour wait. Uh, by the time wow. Jenny and I got there, it said one to two hours. We were there for about an hour and ten minutes total, I believe. Wow. So, yeah, it moves and it moves efficiently. They have a really good setup down at Everest Place there. So if you've been thinking about maybe humming and hot and getting an appointment, if the drive-thru is open, I would highly recommend that. Yeah, what else would you recommend for the drive-thru? Because, like, myself, I think, like, okay, if I'm in a two to three hour wait, you know, I'm going to need some essentials, like, you know, I'm going to pre-download some movies on my phone, you know, but in terms of uh, snacks and facilities, you know, like, would you depend on, uh, you know, there being an available bathroom? I mean, it depends how badly you have to go, I guess. Um, There are, I can't speak to Saskatoon setup. There are a few porta-potties at different points throughout the Regina one. Uh, there probably could be more. That's what I've heard from some people. That's probably more so on the days where the wait got up to like six hours in some spots. Right. Um, 
but yeah, I, I I think it's there. I mean, I can't. I can only speak to my own experience. We weren't there long enough for me to have to go. I just brought a little iced coffee and a mug, and that's pretty much all I brought because I figured it would be there for an hour or two at most, and I should be okay. I'm, I'm, I'm and, not... and, and and you had the mug just in case the iced coffee came out too quick, right? Uh, no, I never finished the iced coffee by the time we got through, so that would have been gross. That, that see that's, that's that's fair nobody wants nobody wants pee coffee iced coffee although although lukewarm coffee would also be up there with not wanting as as long side as of pea coffee i guess but i i just it's funny because you you see the drive through and you see some of the social media like oh i was there like and everybody's like mostly being really chill about it like oh mm-hmm. i packed some snacks i was there for two or three hours all was well always good but like i'm always thinking logistics and maybe it's because of my you know my tummy issues from time to time that i'm always like okay i don't want to go you know yobagoya in the bushes mm-hmm. so i'm always thinking of things like that but it's good to hear that there's porta potties you now have 5g um bill gates has the has the vaccine installed and i'll have to check in with you tomorrow because um Two of my coworkers have it, have had the vaccine. The mm-hmm. the two other finance managers that I work with. Uh, one of them had a very sore arm, which is common, but again, who cares? And yeah. the other one said, like, he felt like he was just foggy-brained and tired. So, you know, I think everybody should just, like, I know myself. I sure hope that Lacey's not listening to say this. I might play it up a little bit. You know, I like a good <laughs> afternoon nap. Like... Oh, I'm pretty wet from this vaccine. I better go have a nap because who doesn't love a nap? I may have already pulled that out. Not the like nap part once, but um, I had a little bit of gas after supper tonight. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's, it's the vaccine. Sorry. <laughs> uh, possible side effects include fatigue, sore arms, and really bad gas. I think it was, it was an amount. It wasn't quite stenchy. It was just, there was just a lot of it. <laughs> we had a big salad for supper, though, so that's probably really what it was. But <laughs> <laughs> Three Down Greencast, home of fart talk. Well, you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> my first program director would hate us so bad. Right? <laughs> I don't care. I got tears in my eyes. <laughs> and it's not from the stench. No, it's not. It's... <laughs> Saskatoon. <laughs> oh boy, yes. But again, yes. I simultaneously like the the Jim Carrey gif I sent you today, where he smiles, and he turns around, and gives you a snarky look. I'm very happy for you. I'm very happy for everybody that's got it. But there is now that it's like so painfully close. Like I think this is like the worst I felt. Yeah. Because like you know, at, at 80, you're like, okay, got way to go. Even 50, you're like, okay, still got a ways to go. 40, you know, even though I'm closer to 40, or I'm getting closer to 40 than I am 30, it's like, that's still 40. That's a long ways. But now it's like 37, 35, and sitting here being 34, I'm like, yeah. But again, in CFL terms, I do think the fact that combined, you know, with people being able to get it, and the announcement today from the government that everybody in this province will be eligible and it should have their second dose by the end of July. So good news. So yeah, from a CFL front, that's certainly good news. Um, I, you know, realistically, what happens in Ontario is probably going to set the bar more so than anything in terms of what happens in the CFL, considering a third of the league is there. 
Um, right. But but, it's, it, but, but it, in terms it, of what, but in terms of like everything being systems go here, and maybe they play a few games, maybe the Argos play a few games here. Yeah, right. that, that's probably something that seems very plausible at this point. Yes. I, I I suddenly feel like becoming an obnoxious Argos fan just for excuses to come down and see you once that's all done, and I'm sure the tickets will be dirt cheap. It's entirely possible. Yes, and um, you're coming down next winter too because we're gonna watch Connor Bedard hockey. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, we are. And then you know what? You should come up here to watch Connor Bedard hockey as well. Mm-hmm. Like I, I haven't and, been to a hockey game in forever, and that's pretty much where we're at with this guy right now. So, oh good God, I think I, I definitely texted it to you, and I don't know if anybody, <laughs> I don't know, and I know you. I just saw you t- t- tag me with uh, music aficionado Peter Mills on Twitter mm-hmm. that if the Blades, if anybody from the Blades is listening, should probably and not. you. And you do like uh, like if you sell those Connor Bedard tickets as like a pack, like sh- like the Fry meme says, "Shut up and take my money." I will take all the Pats games and go to them because it is going to be that good. This kid is like the next McDavid. At least, yeah. I mean, the, the kid's been ridiculous at the U18s. So, yeah, it's been it's, it's been great watching. And mm-hmm. this is okay. This is funny. This is the first time I can ever remember outside of, like, like I think this is the first time we've talked about hockey in a positive light ever in the history of this podcast. That seems entirely possible. I mean, I don't remember every single thing of every single thing we've talked about on every episode, but right, it seems right. quite plausible. I know we've shit on hockey a lot, but... Oh, we shit on hockey all the time, <laughs> because the culture's completely... And there's plenty up. of reasons to right now if we really wanted to, but we're not going to get into all that. <laughs> we, we, we won't get into that. You know what, Joel? I think this is a sign that the altered DNA, that your DNA is being altered. It must be. That's the only, that's the only explanation, really. Clearly. Clearly. Uh, we're also going to talk about vaccines in, in, in another light involving what's going on here in Saskatchewan, sort of. And uh, one of the former favorite sons of Saskatchewan has kind of got himself into some hot water over um, vaccine thoughts. And of course, be we're ready, all be ready with the bleeps on that one there, Gas. <laughs> and uh, we're also, of course, going to talk about something called the CFL draft that went on last, oh, few yeah. days, you know, last little bit ago, where it seemed, uh, at least uh, according to the experts, the riders apparently did pretty good. So, And, and according to my eye test. The writers also did pretty good. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, I am not going to try to say Calgary's first round pick's name. It's good. Tried it once. He played for the Calgary Colts when I did Hill- Hilltop's play-by-play. It was a disaster. And I can tell you that he had like 18 tackles in that game. Try doing play-by-play when a guy makes 18 <laughs> tackles and not saying his name. Yeah, that, that's almost an accomplishment, really. Oh, no. I said it. I said it 18 different ways. That's even better. I think that's hilarious, actually. It's to- totally unprofessional, but from, like, a dumb perspective, that's amazing. Well, and, and the funniest thing was, is, like, I went up to the coaches, I tried to get it right, and it was just one of those names that I couldn't get right. So I, I'm glad that the riders went with easy names. I mean, there's nobody for the all-name team that you and I are putting together, Mm-mm. but, you know, still, uh, I like it. Absolutely, and of course, as usual, before we get into all that this week, as it is Saskatchewan Craft Beer Week, so we pretty much had to record this week, so thank you to the CFL. What's in the glass this week, John? Uh, We're going with two, and a margarita tonight, so uh, for for the record, we are recording, we normally don't record on Thursday, especially after I've worked late, 
but that's an exception this week. It's been a week at work, so yeah, we, you might get a little zesty John coming out here. I think, um, our, like, I think our last two episodes have actually come out on Thursdays. Right, but not Thursdays. <laughs> I'm stuck at work past six. Like tonight, okay. I didn't get home to like seven thirty because normally it's like I get home. Normally, I got to go back to work on Friday, and I'm like, ah, I don't feel like recording. But this is a rare weekend off for me, so yeah, pitter patter. Let's get at her. Uh, I, of course, am going with two favorites from two parts of the province to bring them all together. Uh, tonight, we are going to start with the unofficial official beer of the podcast, a pile of bones, white IPA. I was driving home the other day, window down, sunroof open, and I said to myself, I need a white IPA. Self. So I, yeah, that's right. Self, I need a white IPA. That is exactly what I need. And actually, I was uh, outdoors at my in-laws following, you know, compliance guidelines. They just got a hot tub. And my father-in-law only stocks, like, box beer, like Molson Canadian. And I'm sitting in this hot tub on a beautiful Saskatchewan night watching the sunset going, I've never wanted a white IPA so bad in my life. <laughs> so I had to rectify that. And then for a little bit later on, uh, representing Saskatoon out of the silver corner, uh, the nine mile or 17.5 kilometer Rafiki Moha West Coast IPA. Just two of my favorite IPAs that come out of Saskatchewan, uh, both being represented here on the pod tonight for Saskatchewan <coughs> Craft Beer Week. Not wow. COVID allergies. I apologize for that, gas. That was loud. Yeah, sorry. So if, sorry if you were listening to this very loud. Don't apologize to me. I'm okay. Uh, <clears throat> All right, you tell about beer. I'm going to drink this beer to make the stop go away. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm actually, in a way, I guess, representing all of Saskatchewan today. As uh, as a bit of a reward for receiving the vaccine today, uh, Jenny and I went for uh, Dole Whip at Elle's Cafe here in Regina. Oh, yes. Yeah. If you haven't seen this stuff on social media, it looks amazing. It's kind of like ice cream. I don't know exactly what it is. Apparently, it's big at Disney World or something. Um, huh. And it just it just the, the colors of it and the way it mixes together is just really, really cool looking. It actually tastes really good, too, which is always a benefit when food looks really cool. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we so we did that as a reward, and then I was like, well, I saw the tap room class exclusive at Rebellion today, which is like a a like cat's got the cream ale, but on steroids. So I'm like, well, I have to try that. Huh. So that 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 howler is sitting in my fridge. I'll have that probably tomorrow because it's a nine percenter tomorrow or Saturday maybe. Um, not really a podcasting beer. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, nine nine percent is uh is a little stiff coming but... from the man who just finished a homemade margarita mm -hmm. but uh they did have single cans there of the saskatchewan craft brewers association resilience wheat beer i was looking forward to trying this but didn't really feel like investing in an entire four pack because i'm not really generally speaking a huge wheat beer guy yeah uh, right but this one yeah of course made by uh, the saskatchewan craft brewers association brewed at rebellion uh, along with uh, jgl hop farms out of mooseman and prairie malt so all saskatchewan all the way through on this beer and wow. uh just a nice Pretty easy drinking sort of wheat style beer, if you know what we're talking about. Yes, yes. Got a little bit of haze, easy yeah. to drink. Another one of those for those of you who are just dipping your toes into the craft beer market. Yeah, think think like some of those bigger kind of white beers, but like good. Right, right. Now I'm thinking the logistics of sneaking a couple craft beers into my golf bag because I'll be playing at a city operated course tomorrow. I mean, it's mm. easy enough. You just put them in your bag. Yeah, but then but then the problem is when you're drinking something that's obviously not from the course and the marshal comes up and they see you and they don't like that. 
Well, I don't know. Put it in a travel mug or something. Brilliant. Yeah, there you go. Brilliant. Or, yeah, I'll figure something out. Absolutely, I, I, absolutely. I will find a way and probably tweet about it and then probably be banned from my favorite course in the city. <laughs> Speaking of figuring out, the CFL teams uh, figured it out this week as the... Well, I do, some, okay, I gotta stop. <laughs> You've been doing, we've been doing this for three years. I don't know how you turn my random thoughts into such silky smooth transitions, but you always do it and I love you for it and I am here for it, Gas. I don't know if I've always done it, but I always try at least. Oh, you're like you're like batting like 90%. There's the odd one that should just go, well, shit. And there's nowhere you can go from it because it's like me talking about like taking a poop or something. And all this, but <laughs> well, there's other times. We could, we could talk like, about Edmonton's football team in their draft if we want to talk about poop. Hey, oh, apparently. Who takes a development project to the first round? Edmonton does. Anyways, do go on. I just I was gushing over that transition. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Yeah, so of course, lots of teams figured it out this week as the CFL draft came and went just after the NFL draft, just basically a couple of days later. So it's been uh, the end once again of draft week, uh, kind of in the world of professional football. And from a rider perspective, and we're going to pre- preface this like we do every single year when we talk about the draft on this podcast. Neither of us are experts. John's slightly more of an expert than I am, just based on the fact that he's called some junior football games and been involved, been around the Huskies a little more. I have mm-hmm. essentially no experience whatsoever around sort of that age group of football. Done like maybe two Rams games in my life. Um, <laughs> so, Fair. Yeah, so I, but that being said, so, you know, if you want like, expert analysis, expert breakdown of every player that was actually taken in this draft and, you know, their value and whether it was good or bad or indifferent, uh, head to 3downnation.com. Check it out there. You can go back and watch the live stream, an excellent live stream with JC Abbott and Justin Dunk, along with uh, Nadia J and a bunch of others kind of breaking down the CFL draft as it happened. The whole thing, one's round one rounds one through six, not just the first and second round, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's all there, so you can go back and watch that on YouTube and on 3donation.com. Also on 3donation.com, there's a whole bunch of writing from uh, John Hodge, who I believe is just icing his hands all day today after gritting every single CFL pick live earlier this week. So you can go kind of check out every single pick and what he thought about them. And then there's some other neat stuff coming from Hodge there in terms of, you know, he ranked the drafts for the teams and who he thought was the seven best picks and all that sort of stuff. So all the real smart stuff is on 3downnation.com and uh, the 3 Down Nation podcast has the has you covered as well with JC, Dunk, and Haji there, kind of doing a post-draft wrap-up. And then there's a follow-up episode with Haji and Dunk kind of talking more big-picture stuff going around the CFL right now. So You, you know, I, I, I picture Haji while he was live analyzing all of those different picks. Mm-hmm. I picture him with, like, two Gatorades and a beer helmet and his <laughs> wife, like, coming in and having to, like, feed him his supper, like, while he's typing, No! I don't want the meatloaf. Give me some veggies. I need to type here. I just, that's, that's the only way possible. I think it could have happened that, or he did it from the toilet. One of the two things. Yeah. I can tell you that I was working behind the scenes on three donation for the draft. I was kind of running the Twitter account for the night and I was uh, just kind of running up the basic stories of the top five picks. And there was a while that I could barely keep up. So I couldn't imagine what Hodge was going through trying to like, actually formulate thoughts rather than just copying and pasting from previous stories right. <laughs> um, what right. was, about what was going on. So uh, kudos to Hodge above all else for just uh, doing that. He does that every year. So I, I don't know how he does it quite frankly. It's, it's, it's incredible. Like it's the guy's got like 
such talent to do it. I mean, the whole team really does. It's 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 amazing. It's remarkable they let us hang around what at all, quite frankly. Right? Well, especially, <laughs> like, again, less so you, because, again, you you write well, you write good articles, write entertaining articles, you're good at the social media and stuff. I'm, like, I don't know why I'm here. I, I, I have terrible takes, and uh, I like drinking beer, and I, I guess, like, I'm like that kid at the family reunion that they just kind of, like, let go and sniff glue. Like, if there was a three-down nation family reunion, you guys would all be, like, having intelligent discussions, and I'd be like, hey, go- Joel! Joel! I found Doritos! Joel, I found Doritos! Justin! Are these your Doritos? Sorry, no, Justin, no, I no. Doritos! He, he dunk, dunks far too healthy to eat Doritos. It's true. And his voice is far too manly. Anyway, so the CFL draft <laughs> happened, and according to John Hodge, the Riders had a darn good draft, and I tend to agree with him. Not because of, not that I know generally speaking that these players are good, but at least the first two rounds, Nelson Lacombo and uh, Terrell Jana, both of whom were very highly regarded heading into this draft. A lot of people had Jana going number one overall, including yeah. many mock drafts, including our own John Hodge, had him going number one overall to Hamilton. Hamilton talked a lot about this kid before the draft that turned out to all be a smokescreen as they ended up taking a guy, uh, Jake Burt, a tight end, which is a whole other thing about whether that position really exists in the CFL or not. But regardless, um, they took him first overall. And he had the jersey and everything. So clearly that was the path they were going down the whole time. So good for the right. Hamilton Cats for putting up a pretty good smokescreen the entire time. And by all accounts, seemed to have the writers surprise a little bit because they used the whole clock before they made their next pick yeah yeah they i don't think they were expecting what happened but i love the fact like if you look at the riders track record when they do go local it always just seems to 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 work out at at a different level right there hasn't been many times that they've gone local in that first round that it's backfired you haven't no. had guys, you know, go to the NFL. You haven't had guys that don't report, you know. I think when you're a part of Saskatchewan football and you see the passion, it makes you want to hang around. So I Nelson Lacombo was is just at the eight tail end of my Huskies career, but everybody I've spoken to in <clears throat> in the football community here around Saskatchewan is so high on this guy. Mm-hmm. Like he is everything you need in a Canadian defensive back. He's he can hit He's fast. He's everything you want, right? Yeah. And then along with the the riders getting Jana, you're right. That's a guy that lots of people had going at first overall. And the thing I like most about the riders in their first two picks is they were able to basically they've got the ratio pretty much figured out. They knew that they were going to have some options at defensive back, and they knew they were going to have options at receiver. Uh-huh. Not only were the riders able to take who I would I would say definitively the best, you know, they always say take the best talent available. Yeah. I think the riders did in both those first two rounds, and that also fits into their plan. When do you see that ever happen in a CFL draft? Where Not very often. Do. That doesn't happen in a, in a lot of drafts, period. Right. So they basically said, we want to go Canadian at defensive back. Boom, Nelson Lacombo, let's go. Yeah. We want to have an option to go Canadian at receiver. Boom, Jana, let's go. Like that's that, to me, it couldn't have played out more perfectly. That yeah. that's because that's the thing that I don't think people think about in the CFL draft enough is where are your national spots going to be? Where are your Canadians going to be? 
you know, you can take the best player available, but if he's not going to fit into where you project there to be Canadians, well, he's not going to go anywhere. So yeah, yeah, unless he's like a generational talent, like there's always exceptions, but of course, right? But I mean, as kind of a rule of thumb, you know, you kind of kind of know where you're going to play those guys with the Canadian passports, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I will say though, one quick thought on the rest of the draft: if the Bombers do not run plays at the goal line for their offensive lineman they just drafted who can make one-handed grabs, we riot. There'd better be a Bombers big man touchdown next year or we riot. By next year, you mean 22, right? Because he's committed to North Texas for, or Texas State University, one of some Texas University for the upcoming year because that's what was sort of the weird thing about this draft was Hmm. everyone in the NCAA basically got a free year of eligibility because of COVID. Um, So a lot of guys are going back that maybe wouldn't have normally. And Liam Dobson is one of those guys. And it's funny that he's such a legendary guy already in the world of football for that, you know, iconic picture of his gut sticking out as he's reaching for a pass. Right. So he's that guy. So then there's a whole story on 3downnation.com uh, kind of going over the history of that photo. So you can you can check that out as well. But yes, in a couple of years, if he's up here, then they, they need to run that. But it also sounds like the guy is just a heavy-duty road grader. So, I mean, they might not want to because he might actually just be mauling guys. That's that's fair. That's that's fair. And 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 actually, you are right. For once, Joel, I did mean next year because I knew okay. that was going to be a thing. Which which is funny because I I think that was one thing that may have confused casual CFL fans. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a lot of stuff on social media. Yeah, because like we're used to the U Sports guys right. going back. Like they they a lot of them will still come to camp and then go back. So they, right. we're kind of used to seeing that happen in U-sports. And NCAA, that's generally not allowed. But because of COVID this year, the exception was made. Yeah, which – and it was funny, though, watching people, like, complain about that. I'm like, why on earth would you complain about that? Like, mm-hmm. you basically have this year – you're going to have more rookies in camp fighting for spots than ever before because there was a draft last year, too. Yeah. Well, you kind of forgot about it. Yeah, and that's why we – it was pretty much in – in some ways, it was one of the most interesting, unpredictable drafts ever. In another way, it was the most boring draft ever because no one made a trade because there was no point in amassing picks. Right. <laughs> there was right. no point in going for volume because you already have volume coming from last year. Right. So so you've got a ton of volume. You're able to hit some home runs on talent, which, again, is, is to me, why the Riders did such a great job. Like, I, mm-hmm. I can't get over just this, you know, I'm not the depth guy that Haji is, but just... You look at a need, you look at a position where you're going Canadian, and yeah. now you have, like, first two-round depth at that position for guys that could definitely, like, step in and play tomorrow if they wanted to. Yeah, and, we, and we've talked about this on this podcast before, and it still applies. It applies greater than ever now, where I think, you know, what wins in the CFL is Canadian depth. And it's not just having good players at your spots where you start. It's about having flexibility more than anything. And right now, um, I would suggest, and I wrote the piece for 3downnation.com after listening to Jeremy O'Day talk after the draft. And I asked him, I was like, how important is that flexibility in the ratio? Because right now they have their, they have six for sure starters. We've gone over them before. There'll be three along the offensive line. There'll be at least yep. one receiver. There'll be one safety and one defensive lineman. So there's yep. six. So the seventh is either going to be another receiver or another defensive back at this point. Uh, Jeremy O'Day did not 
um, rule out possibly a return at linebacker, but I mean, it feels like a long shot, but it is a possibility. And there's also the possibility of adding another one on the offensive line if they wanted to. If Matlin Riley or Brett Boyko, either of them step up and force their way into the starting lineup, they could go four Canadian offensive linemen. So realistically, if everyone bursts out of their shell and really played to a huge potential, they could start like nine, ten Canadians if they wanted to. Which, That's absurd. Which is something we haven't seen with this team in, since 2013. We, don't, we all remember what they did that year. When I believe... Mm, parallels. Where I believe... They, there was It was a bit of a stretch, but at the time, you know, we didn't know what Sam Hurl was, and there were some different things. We thought they could have potentially started 10. I think they generally started about 8 Canadians that year. And I'm not suggesting they will or should start 10 Canadians, but it's not out of the realm of possibility if they had to because of a bunch of American injuries or the whole thing or whatever, right. or because they want to. But I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they can easily start 7, and it might be prudent to start 8, so then you don't have to worry about the ratio from game to game if someone goes down in the middle of the game. No, and, and that's exactly it. And and you said it best, Joel, that the last time the Riders were this deep was 2013. Now, the only thing I'll say compared to 2013 is none of them at this point are Rob Bag. None of them are Chris Getzlaff. None of them are Craig Butler. Like, they're not – they're good. Other than the offensive line, though, none of them are, like, game-changing talent. None of them are Keith Shulligan. There isn't those, like, guys that are potential Plaza guys and Hall of Fame guys, Canadian-wise, there yet. But some of these guys could get there. So there's, like, the depth is there quantity-wise. We're just not quite sure where it ranks quality-wise yet. Well, and I would almost say, Joel, that this time the writers have more American talent, like American game-breaking talent that's complemented by this deep, good, strong Canadian depth. Yeah, it, it's it's almost a little opposite from 2013, right? Like you've got the American stars that are going to be your game breakers, your game changers that are supported by this, you know, again, your potentially 10 Canadian starters. You're right. We don't expect any of the guys that are Canadian to be game. They very well could be. They mm. could have oh, yeah. huge seasons, and we're not saying anything like that. But you're still, you know – it's still going to be, you know, you've still got Shaq Evans, mm-hmm. right? You've still got Cody Fajardo. Like, you've still got those skill position guys that are basically being boosted by this army of of great Canadian players. So they can go out and do the, their thing, right? I, I, I do still think this team that this year, holy crap, we're talking about football this year. <laughs> more and more like, you know, like, holy, I can't think the last time I got to say that. Um, shit, that was probably like. December of 2019. Um, but yeah, like looking looking for it this year, you know, you're going to have your American players that are going to be, you know, kind of the backbone, the game breakers of this team. And you always hope that you can find that that hidden talent that, you know, if a guy, again, like Shaq Evans goes down, that you can go ahead and replace him maybe with an up-and-coming un- under-heralded guy, but y- you don't find that with Canadian players. There aren't great Canadian players that can start in the CFL just sitting around waiting to show up at a training camp, right? So other than maybe some Canadian kickers, base. but yeah. Well, only the greatest kicker ever is sitting out there right now waiting for the call from somebody. Absolutely. Perhaps the Bombers, again, for shall be the return of Sergio. I really want Sergio back. <laughs> I know you do. I know you. We probably really should reach out to him to talk to him about the XFL. I would love to. Like, 
that, that... I, and I know, and I know, we both we we've talked recently about kind of being over the whole XFL thing, but there's a legitimate connection there since he's played in both leagues, just to kind of get kind of get the experience and what it would be like, you know. And I've had a random man crush on this guy dating back to my other podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is a long time bro crush. Like, this is a thing that like. Like, he probably doesn't know that I've been, like, a fan of his for, like, since he's entered the CFL. Probably not, no. He probably doesn't even know who you are. No, certainly doesn't. <laughs> certainly does not. But, like, I would feel like, like, hey, I've been a fan of yours since you were kicking in Winnipeg. You've got some XFL experience. Let's do this. Let's do this, Sergio. So, Sergio, or someone who knows Sergio, if you're listening, slide into our DMs, okay? Please. Please. At Fraser PXP. I'm not on private anymore because nobody's threatened my job lately. <laughs> lately. We'll see in a few minutes here, though. That's... Oh, boy. <laughs> someone oh, who... Oh, uh, doggy. Someone who should not be sliding into our DMs anytime soon is uh, one former rider defensive end, John Chick. Jesus. As um, He's brought attention to himself recently for some um, anti-scientific opinions. Opinions which I will preface by saying he is more than welcome to have. Opinions he is more than allowed to believe in himself, and that's fine. Um, even the original post where he said he wasn't getting vaccinated, I was like, all right, I don't agree with your message, but whatever, that's your that's your deal. That's whatever you want to do. I'm not, I'm not really going to get all up in arms about that. I did. I, I know you did, but... <laughs> because, I mean, ultimately, that's the guy's choice. It's his family's choice. It is what it is. It's kind of hypocritical, all things considered, but whatever. As soon as he started linking to some news site no one's ever heard of, and basically trying to, you know, talk back at fans who were, you know, upset about the story being shared about, I don't even, it doesn't even matter what, it was completely false and inaccurate. That's kind of when the line was crossed, and for me anyway. And that's when it was, okay, we, we kind of had our inklings about Mr. John Chick, Especially, yeah. you know, after the whole Super Bowl thing a couple of years ago. Um, but I think it's pretty clear now he's gone completely off the deep end. And in my mind, and I don't know what the team is going to do. I don't know whether anything, you know, whoever considers these things, it very well still may end up happening because of his contributions on the football field. But in my mind, I believe he's talked himself out of being in the Plaza of Honor. I would agree. I would absolutely agree. Um, I think John Chick, <laughs> you're in support of him allowing him to do his own thing. And, and okay, I see that. I don't agree with him and I wish he didn't, but I mean, ultimately there's nothing really, I think there, there's no I pullback. Think... There's nothing really that can be said or done about that. I basically just more or less ignored it. See, but the problem is, and here's the problem I have, and here's why I was so upset is this is a player who's universally loved, was universally loved, by a province that's already having its struggles in convincing a certain age demographic to get the vaccine. I think him wildly sharing, and he's entitled to share his opinion. And I'm not sitting here saying it should be censored. But he should keep that bullshit to himself. Because... His misguided, flawed, wrong decision-making that he is sharing as a person of influence over a large part of the place where I live 
is dangerous. What John Chick is saying about, I'm not getting vaccinated, and backing it up with pseudoscience, it's dangerous as a public figure to come out and say that. Hmm. You may have your own opinion. I just, I enjoy the irony so much that this is a man with a goddamn insulin pump attached to him, keeping him alive, saying he doubts what science is going to do. Great, John. Disconnect your insulin pump. See how that works out for you. It's the same damn thing with a vaccine. That's what bothers me. John Chick is a hypocrite. That's all he is. This is a man who is literally kept alive on a daily basis by science, saying he doesn't believe science. That opinion is wrong. And it is causing people who are like-minded, like you and I were saying off-air, mm -hmm. I, I honestly believe, like Saskatchewan, for those of you that aren't in Saskatchewan that listen... Saskatchewan's benchmarks include a 70% vaccination rate over 40, 70% vaccination rate over 30. And even though the over 40s are at 68%, I've said to you several times, I wouldn't be surprised if the over 30s almost surpass it. Because that demographic that's going to listen to a guy like John Chick with his bullshit misinformed opinions, it's dangerous for everybody, and it is keeping us from reopening this province. It's keeping us from reopening this country. And John Chick should not be using his public platform to share any of this because it will kill people. If he is the responsible Christian Catholic man he thinks he is, he'd be caring about lives. But he doesn't. He's using this to spread his message of flawed science saying, it's fine, I'm fine, I had COVID, it wasn't that bad. You're right, John. You're a freakish athletic talent who's in phenomenal shape still to this day after your retirement. Yeah, it's not going to be bad for you. You know who it is going to be bad for? That 60, that 40-year-old obese man that has your jersey in 4XL size that says, I'm not getting my vaccine because John Chick didn't do it. Guess what happens when he gets COVID? He dies, John. So for you to talk about not getting the vaccine, and I get it. I'm not even going to go into his anti-lockdown rhetoric because that comes from a place of frustration and pain. I can relate to the despair and pain of just wanting your kids to be able to have a normal life and play baseball and see their friends and do those things that kids want to do. I can relate to that, John. I can. Personally, I can relate. But you need to stop the bullshit about the vaccines. You can question lockdowns. You can say they hurt mental health because they do. You're not wrong. I'm in a terrible place. I've been in a terrible place for a little bit. But I know there's light at the end of the title, tunnel because thanks to science, the same science that keeps you alive, John. You need to stop it, John Check, For the good of people. And just stop it! Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't disagree with anything you said. And for when, when he kept going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole, when he kept digging the hole deeper for himself, that's when I really started having a problem with it. And that's when it was really, right. to me, it was like, okay, a bit to me, a big and the writers have made this point in the past is that a big part of the plaza 
his character and community and right. and that whole thing. And he may be retired now, but he is still in a lot of ways a part of this community because of what he did here for so long. And and he did, and he has done some great stuff for this community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I have, he has come out to speak at sports celebrity dinners. He's done fundraisers for this community. I'm not going to take any of that away from him no. at all. No, because you're bang on, Joel. It's he's done a lot of good. Yeah, so I I don't know if he's I don't know if he hit it well while he's up here or just being back in America in the in the echo chambers that he's able to develop down there compared to up here at least in you know severity and scale maybe pushed him a little further away than when he was here I don't know it's not an excuse it's just kind of where he's at right now and I don't think that's the kind of information that's the kind of thought that should be rewarded with a spot in the Plaza of Honor and no I would agree. You know, the team will do what they want. The committee that decides this will do whatever they think is right. But just know that I, I, I mean, not that my opinion means anything. I don't think it's a spot that he has earned anymore. Despite everything he did on the field, a lot of it is about character. And I think it's fair to say at this point that John Chick has shown plenty about his character. I would I would agree 100% on that, Cass. That's, that's, that is well said. That is well spoken. And it's not something that I think will be forgotten with time in this province. Well, no, his time should be coming up here. It's not, it's been what a couple of years or so since he officially retired. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he had that one year in, did he go back to Hamilton then Edmonton? Yeah. So I think he was, there was like two years, like he had a decent year in Hamilton the one year and then played another year, kind of fell off the map. And then I think basically retired from there. Right, yeah. So his, his eligibility window should be opening soon, which is kind of why this is a bit of a prudent conversation at this time. Because had this never happened, he's probably slam dunk first ballot Plaza guy. 100% he would have been. Like, 1 million percent he would have been. He, he would have been, like, you're right, no brainer. And I'm just hoping time doesn't heal that wound because I will find some way to bullshit my way into credentials just to ask him the questions about him being a dumbass. Yeah, because I, I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things can be forgivable, a lot of things you can move on from. But this is one of those sort of historic moments where a lot of people are showing themselves of who they, you know, are kind of telling us who they are. Right. And we, and right. we need to believe them when they do. And and no, and, and, and you're and you are totally and and bang on right with that. You, you, we're starting to see who people are and what their beliefs are. And obviously it's just it, like if you say don't get the vaccine, it's just you're just not caring for your fellow humans. And I I don't understand that. 